Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Come Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. That says more trade. I am Gabriel Moretti. Yeah, Francis Nagato and the bare knuckle fighting. I wouldn't sanction it. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just saying that. I wouldn't sanction it. It'd be too dangerous, and they shouldn't sign him. I don't know if Nagano would do it anyways, but you know the the owners on record is stating he's already said he goes whatever he wants. Said whatever he wants, I will give him. So what if Nagano tells him I want $10 million for a night? Like, if I'm dead serious, I wouldn't even want to watch that almost. Would you want to watch that? I mean, it's like, that's like, it's like watching someone get a, you know, like a death-like sentence. Like, and I, I'm dead serious too. If I'm Nagano, watching it. <laughs> I'm putting it in writing, man. Like, I, it has to be in a con, like, it has to be legally protected. Like, you have to say, listen... Whatever happens, I am not liable for this, right? Like, I'm not liable. Like, you can't, I can't get sued by the dude's family because he's a vegetable and he's in the hospital for the next three years. That's not my problem, right? Like, he's going to have, like, you have to sign a waiver, but it's like, if I'm the guy, I'm making the fighter sign a waiver and it's going to say all these things. You can't sue me. You can't sue anything to do with me after I murder you. <laughs> like, you can't sue me. Point blank. Like, for anything. Right? Like I, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want any part of like, even the Ganu would kind of know that like, who can they find, Mathia? Like, who who would do this? Like, what are you nuts? They would find someone. Think about though, just like taking a couple of shots, bare, like you'd be a vegetable. Like you could literally have brain damage. Like he could hit you so hard your brain would move. Like you, there's a lot of bad things that could happen in there. Like with this guy. Imagine him hitting a clean uppercut under your jaw. You're done. There goes your jaw. Your orbital bone is going to get broken, like, even if he glazes you. Like, like it, it's the face can only take so much, right? Like, him, just imagine, like, him, Matthias, boom, like, landing shot right under your eye on your orbital bone and stuff, your cheekbone. It's shattered. Shattered. Right? So, shattered. Then he hits you with an uppercut. Boom. You're, like... We're talking reconstructive facial surgery. You're lucky if you're not in a coma or you're brain damaged for life. You're going to be seriously, like, concussed. Like, forget about concussed. Like, you're going to be in a hospital for six months. Like, if you're lucky. I, I wouldn't sanction it. The guy is, like, 300 pounds, too. Like like Dana said. The guy, was, the guy checks in to fight at 265 with the maximum. <laughs> like, so, like, he's going to come in at 265 pounds, and he's going to punch you in the face bare knuckle? No. I wouldn't sanction that stuff. Yeah, shout out to our boy Jazz. Yeah, Junior Dos Santos will do it. 
He's already messed up enough, man. Poor guy. You're right, though. Don't tell Junior about this. He's going to sign up for this. Late night anger management class. This is Portrait. All right, we're talking football. We will in a couple of minutes with Ian Cameron. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. I am Gabriel Renzi, Series 6 M Channel 159. Sports Grid Radio Networks, the money your 1090 ESPN radio, kicking it with us. Us is 97.1, the freak. We'll get into the Dallas Cowboy game. We were just talking about Francis Naganu, and Naganu was a free agent. Uh, the UFC and Naganu couldn't come to terms, and Naganu wanted out for a while. And uh, he finally gets his wish. He's a free agent. The bare knuckle dude. So bare knuckle fighting. Which well, I've seen it before. Um, we, we've we aired it before on this network. And, you know, I enjoyed it. It's a fight. You know, it's a fight. But there's a difference having like two bare knuckle women fighting each other to weigh 145 pounds. Or like, you know, dudes that are 180 pounds and stuff. And yeah, whatever. There's kind of bloody and stuff. But it's not, you know... It's not over the top. Actually, it kind of is. If you look at Paige Van Zandt, she's been murdered in that stuff. <laughs> so she's been laid up pretty good. You know, it's bloody. Like, you know what I mean? The gloves, you know, the, there's the bare knuckle stuff. There's blood in this, right? There's a lot of blood. But Nagano would just kill someone. It wouldn't be good. I don't know. I'd say you couldn't find anyone to, like, sanction it. But, I don't know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, here we come. <laughs> West, West Virginia, uh, West, uh, West Virginia, yeah, West Virginia sanctioned anything, actually, that's where it would, like, West, you could probably get a permit in West Virginia for this, I'm dead serious, we always call it, like, athletic commissions and stuff, but I, if I was on the athletic commission, I would seriously fire anyone that sanctioned this, <laughs> like, like, me seeing this, like, if I was Nevada athletic director right now, any of these states and stuff, I would, like, send out a memo and an email in the morning to everyone, for the record, do not even think about sanctioning this guy in my state for a bare-knuckle fight. I don't want the first death of the sport in my backyard. Uh, Nagano's going to end up fighting Tyson Fury. He's going to fight a boxer. He's going to make a ton of money. So the question is, how do we make a ton of money? Do we take the Dallas Cowboys or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? You know how I feel about this. How about them Cowboys? I think the Pokes can get it done, but it's not a, no Stone Cold Steve Austin lock, I'll tell you that. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday, bloody Sunday continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bust them, and everybody else in between. Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Let's bring in Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, to break it all down. And there's a lot of stuff to unpack. Babano, always a pleasure. How you doing tonight? 
Gabe, I'm glad you're still standing and with us after one of the longest, most bizarre, but most captivating playoff games I think I've seen. That's the best way I can encapsulate that Dolphins-Bills game today. Well, it was a wild weekend of football across the board, and everybody always writes off these teams that are getting points coming into the weekend and into the playoffs, and we saw everybody had their hands full and more, including the Buffalo Bills. Skylar Thompson played well. Uh, the Buffalo Bills allowed the Dolphins to hang around. I was never really panicked, Babano, about losing the football game, but it was frustrating, even just from a betting perspective, um, from the first half play falling apart to them blowing the big lead. There were some scary moments, but I'll tell you what, man, you see in the playoffs, it doesn't matter what the team is, Babano. It doesn't come easy, bro. It, does, it didn't come easy for San Francisco. We saw the insanity Saturday night in Florida with Jacksonville. We saw Minnesota and New York. You know, you see Cincinnati and Baltimore. Every one of these games, nothing comes easy for anybody, Babana. No, it is. And I think the part of the reason why it doesn't come easily for any of these teams this weekend in particular, what's the common thread with all of these games? These are teams that have played each other already at least once this season. Every single game. So if you're a team that's maybe an underdog or not expected to win, you know, you're going to be able to find some weaknesses that maybe a team that's just playing that op opponent for the first time this season, maybe not be able to find that kind of a weakness or matchup advantage that they'll be able to use in their favor. So I, as, a, as a result, these are tough games across the board for everybody, including, as you mentioned uh, earlier today for the uh, Buffalo Bills. I thought, and I thought Skylar Thompson played as well as you could have expected. Now, are there a couple throws and interceptions that he wants back? Sure. I know one of them, you have to point probably to the play calling more than Skylar Thompson, the one that he threw in the second half. I think that was more, do you really need to run that kind of play in that spot backed up near your own goal line? But nevertheless, he also made a couple of great deep throws down the field, Marenzi, that let's be honest, these are supposed to be elite receivers for the Dolphins. They'd flat out drop them. Waddle, an early drop. He'll drop one during the game that could have been a catch. You know, Thompson in a tough environment, I give the kid credit. I thought he played his, not play, he played hard. Did he make mistakes? Does he want some plays back? Sure, but he did a lot of good things as well. A lot of people doubted the Minnesota Vikings all year long. They were three-point favorites over a New York Giant football team that they recently beat by three. They lose uh, the game. The Giants brought it. Saquon Barkley brought it. Daniel Jones has uh, really had a great season uh, this year. They often criticize Daniel Jones, but people close to the Giants knew that Daniel Jones could ball. He was just always in a bad situation, bad coaches, bad teams, bad just everything around him. So with a, you know, just with a stable coach and a stable situation, Saquon Barkley was just a difference maker. That's, you know, that's the Saquon Barkley that everybody wants to see uh, every week. Big time win uh, for them. And I know you've been riding the Giants pretty much on a weekly basis uh, throughout the year. I like betting on the Giants. I didn't think they would play as well as they did uh, today. Uh, but I back. Um, I bought some insurance by teasing a, a, a ten-point teaser. So, and I hammered the over of the game, and I ended up getting a push on a ten-point teaser because I had the Vikings plus seven. But we crushed the over. It was a good game for us for the props. But New York Giants win the game outright. They do. They played a great game. It was a great offensive game plan. I was listening to Brian Dable's post-game press conference, and they were asking him, was Daniel Jones running the football? Uh, just something that you noticed during the game you could do, or was that a pre-game game plan that you were going to run the football a lot with him? And it was pre-game. They saw Minnesota's defense on paper that, they could, that the quarterback runs were going to be something that was going to be something they could exploit against Minnesota, and man, did they ever do that, especially in the first half. I mean, it was really incredible to see Jones run with it. He was accurate throwing the ball. More importantly, no mistakes. I think Dable and the coaching staff and Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, they deserve a lot of credit. They have completely eradicated all the mistakes, all the bad decision-making out of Daniel Jones for the most part uh, this season, and, that, and that's credit yeah, to don't. Jones and credit to the coaching staff for getting that out of him. Yeah, you got to credit Jones as well. And don't, like I said, you can't underestimate when you're when you're on a bad football team and you're a quarterback running for your life, what are you going to do? You're going to throw it up and it's going to get intercepted. After a while, there's only so many times you want to get hit, yeah. right? But no, and yeah, definitely, I think he knows, you know, listen, let's, let's be real. Him and Saquon are both playing for a contract as well. Yeah. And they both picked a very good time to step it up. I mean, Daniel Jones, 24, 35, 301 yards, two touchdowns. 
uh, not to mention a rushing, 17 rushing attempts, 78 yards. Saquon Barkley, you look, it's like, yeah, nine carries, 53 yards, but there were the two touchdowns. There were big runs when he when he got them. And you look at him, him coming out of the backfield, catching passes, five receptions for 56 yards, just dominant performances by Daniel Jones and by Saquon uh, Barkley. And, you know, as far as how about Isaiah Hodgins, Marenzi, who used used to be with the Buffalo Bills, who is now with the Giants because Dable saw something there. And, of course, the GM is the former assistant of Brandon Bean with Buffalo. He's now the GM of the Giants. They saw something with this guy and he couldn't play for the Bills because the Bills are just loaded at skill positions and receiver. I mean, it was a numbers game thing for Hodgins in Buffalo. They pick him up. They bring him in in New York and look at the game he has for them today. Great job there bringing him in and look the way he's played. And that's that's also somewhat of a credit, actually, to Daniel Jones. When you consider Babano, you look at the wide receivers that he has, right? As you mentioned, Hodgkins, um, Darius Slayton. Now, listen, Darius Slayton's his guy, and I've told people this for years. You know, it was because, basically, Darius Slayton was low on the depth chart, and they Daniel Jones worked with them all the time early in his career. So they have, like, they just have a great chemistry. Slayton had the big drop late, you know. He was panicked and worried about that, but... Nevertheless, Giants are victorious. Dable's done a great job uh, with this football team. And look at the Giants, Babano, and then look at the uh, the Jags as well, like last year with Urban Meyer. Just a clown show circus, and they're one of the worst. Te- they were the worst team in the league. New York Giants with Joe Judge were a clown show circus. They both get credible coaches, and boom, not only do they both get to the playoffs, they both win a game in the playoffs. It's unbelievable uh, the difference. Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. Yeah, pretty uh, much the same rosters, too. You know, yeah. a couple of additions or whatnot. You know what I mean? But pretty much the same rosters. That's what's scary about Jones in particular in the Giants situation is if, he, if he's back, and I would assume they're going to bring him back now, and he's going to get paid pretty nicely now with the season he's had. You know, he still doesn't have a great O line. He still doesn't have the most talent you could ask for O line receivers. Wait till they get those two units improved and more depth and more quality. At yeah, the, and it's the, only year one at Dable's more. system, too. Right. right? They'll get, and, and don't forget, it's Dable's first year as a head coach, right? So they'll all improve together. No, exactly. So this is already, they're playing with house money, going to the NFC Divisional Playoff round next week, facing the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but next year, I mean, the, now that, of course, heightened expectations will be coming their way, of course, after what's happened this season. But I think they're ready to handle it. And like I say, if they continue to upgrade on the O-line, continue to upgrade at receiver, they're going to be even more dangerous. And as far as Jacksonville last night, Marenzi, we have to talk about it. It was that crazy. Are we really that shocked? Are we really that shocked the Chargers found a way to do that? Uh, like, like, are we really that surprised at this point in time that the Chargers found a way to do that? I can't no. say I'm surprised. No, and you know what? The only thing I'm upset about is I didn't didn't take the Jags on the money line when they were down big. I did take them plus 16 and a half, which at the time was still pretty ballsy, but bad. When you consider it was 17 nothing, right? Like, there I'm like, I, I tweeted out. I said this game has a feel like a college bowl game, and I said it's going to end up getting close in the end. And I said that I took them plus 16 and a half. Next thing you know, it's 27 nothing, and I'm like, oh god. This is, you know, wow. I was like, oh, my God. I knew that late touchdown was big at the end of the half. So, but as you stated, no, right? When it's all said and done, you know, if it would be any other team, I think people would be somewhat surprised. But let's be real, guys. There's something in the air this year. There's something to it. You look in the NBA, man, teams are blowing massive leads at a record. Like, you know, we're seeing the biggest lead blown ever in NBA history this year. Football, it happens. Like the Vikings this year. There's been a lot of, like, massive comebacks this year in sports the old it ain't over until it's over as yogi Berra once said is definitely true more when you need cameron ak the battle on the other side this is sports rage bring it sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide 
at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. ESPN Radio, San Diego, SoCal, in the house, the 50,000-watt juggernaut. So, uh, Babano, an unlikely matchup, but another, as you were talking about earlier, and I brought up a lot last week, warning people about these games, saying, listen, man, when you got division rivals, as you stated, man, all every one of the games were rematches, and you've got division rivals that have played each other twice, and every year, they know each other, right? And... Never mind just it's tough to beat the same team three times. Now it counts. You're, you're seeing these teams, man. Everybody has raised their game in the playoffs. So it's amazing, Babano. Here we go again. Another time that a team's going to be playing each other for the third time in the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are seven and a half point favorites right now. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you look at uh, the, these two teams at it again. You know, two teams with familiarity, division rivals. No question about that. Uh, I get it that uh, the Philadelphia Eagles rested off a bye. You know, it should be a good situation to get Jalen Hurts as comfortable and ready to go uh, for this game next week, hosting the Giants. I get all of that, but come on. You know, I'm, uh, I've been on the Giants all season. How can I all of a sudden, after all this time and cashing giant win total overs? You've got to go Giants, down with them. One last you, dance. <laughs> you have to. You absolutely have to. You go down with the ship. And if this is the hey, end of the I line, think they can you, hang around with them. You're getting seven and a half points. Why they can hang around? Philadelphia might have peaked a little bit too early. They're a little bit beat up. Division rivals. Like we said, at least you know. That's the thing with Bannon when you're game planning for a team that you've seen. You know what you're getting at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've already seen them. You know what you have to deal with. Exactly right. And let's not forget, uh, final game of the regular season, Giants-Eagles. The game didn't mean a damn thing for the Giants. They sat everybody, and they still covered the point spread. They lost by single digits, and that was with Davis Webb at quarterback. Jones didn't play. The offensive starters didn't play. The defensive starters didn't play. Now, granted, you know, for the Eagles, there wasn't much on the line either, but you know, the Giants were competitive in that game. I think they're competitive here. I'm taking the points is something I'll be, I'll, I will be doing it. I know that not I'm looking to do it. I will be doing it. And it's hard to be betting an under in these playoff games. I'll tell you that. If you're betting the overs and the underdogs, you've been making some money. Um, the total for the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagle game is 46 and a half. Seems New York low. Giants plus seven. It does, doesn't it? Especially, I don't think weather is going to be a factor. Giants plus seven and a half on the money line. They're plus 240. Philadelphia Eagles are minus 300 on the money line. And as I uh, mentioned, 46 and a half is the total. 45 and a half is the total for the Monday nighter, the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Cowboys are laying two and a half at FanDuel right now, minus 142 on a money line, Babano. Yeah, my uh, opinion, I think I mentioned it last week, and it's uh, no no change. Uh, I like Tampa. Uh, I'm on Tampa, the uh, team total over for Tampa, uh, plus the points, a sprinkle on the money line as well. Uh, I like the full game over the total, 45, 45 and a half in this game. Um, I think you're going to see points both ways. I think you're going to see Tampa move the ball against Dallas. I guess the biggest concern is, will this Tampa Bay offensive line, which has had their share of issues all season, be able to block Micah Parsons? That's the key handicap. Because if you contain Micah Parsons, you're going to move the ball on Dallas defense. I think the secondary is a little overrated. Uh, Trevon Diggs is one of those cornerbacks that, look, he is a bit of a gambler in terms of, you know, cutting, undercutting routes. You can beat him with coverage down the field. He can be beaten. Uh, and certainly Mike Evans and Brady found that connection in the game they had to have to win the division and get into the playoffs. I think that's a good sign. And I like that Brady's gotten rest. You know, you're talking about a 45-year-old quarterback. I always said that the last few years, Brady, when he's played on a Thursday night after playing Sunday, he's had some of his worst games. Why? Because he's an older quarterback with very few days to rest that throwing shoulder. Well, now he's had a ton of time. 
So he's going to have that throwing shoulder. If it, whatever zip and pop and whatever other words you want to use to describe Brady's throwing arm at this stage of his career, he's going to have 100% of it on Monday night because he's had all this time off and all this rest. So I think he's going to have a solid game. I think Dallas can move the ball against Tampa's secondary, still a little bit banged up uh, going into this game. Dak, of course, had a terrible final game against Washington. Now, how much of that was the team was terrible and how much of that was the game didn't have a lot on the line? They pretty much figured Philly was going to beat the Giants, which they ended up doing. But the fact remains, Prescott's been uh, problematic with interceptions. Decision-making has been an issue. You don't want to talk about something crazy here with Prescott going into this game. Uh, He has basically thrown an interception in nine of the last ten games for the Dallas Cowboys. So that interception prop with Dak Prescott on Monday night is certainly something I'm going to be looking at in terms of the player prop card for the Monday night game. Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano, joining us. I am Gable Brancy, Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. How did the uh, National Hockey League uh, treat you uh, today, Babano? Light uh, light card today with just three games. Montreal Canadiens beat the Rangers at MSG. 2-1 was the final score. A wild uh, game in Carolina in uh, in rally, but every Vancouver Canuck game is a wild game. The Canucks survive and come back and win 4-3, and the Winnipeg Jets beat the visiting Arizona Coyotes 2-1 tonight. Yeah, no doubt. A couple of underdogs, big underdogs. If you had the Habs, they were up at around plus 300. Uh, it was around plus 240 or so for Vancouver. So a couple of big dogs cash. My main bet today was Vancouver, Carolina over six and a half. I mean, we just been get betting every Vancouver game over. I mean, it's really been that simple. They've been scoring goals and they've been giving up a ton of goals as well. I can't help but think Vancouver really wanted to win today because of all the stuff that went down after the loss against Florida, where the vultures are circling around Bruce Boudreaux and the rumors that Rick Tockett might become the head coach of the Canucks. And they're asking Bruce after the game about what he feels about his job security. And they might be fired in the next several days or a week. And Bruce responded with class, just saying, Hey, I'm going to just keep getting up for work every morning until they tell me not to. But the fact that the media in Vancouver is asking him to his face, you know, what do you think about you might get fired in the next few days? Terrible. I mean, the whole situation stinks, in my opinion, from Jim Rutherford and the management team and Alvin and everybody associated with the Canucks, leaving this guy dangling out there, wondering if he's going to be fired today, tomorrow, the next day, a week from now, two weeks from now. It's not right. Bruce Boudreaux, you know, he's a good guy, I think. You can say what you want about his coaching and he hasn't had playoff success, but he doesn't deserve this kind of treatment. I don't like it at all. I, I agree. I agree with you, uh, Babano, in the sense that they should step up and give the old vote of confidence, even though we've seen votes of confidence in the past, and that just almost means you're getting fired for sure. But they can't do this every time they lose a couple of games in a row, right? But this is the pattern. The Canucks lose a couple of games. They'll blow a big lead. They lose a couple of games. The vultures start to circle. Then, boom, they step up with a big win, right? And they'll win another one. And it's like, okay, maybe they're back on track. And to yep. me, though, it's not Bruce Boudreaux's fault, Babano, that his defensemen are soft and not very good. It's not Bruce Boudreaux's fault that Thatcher Demko has been hurt all year. Right? Spencer Martin's a good backup, Babano. He's not a legitimate number one starter. He just isn't. Like, he's a good goalie. I, I, I don't, I'm not, like, ripping. It's not his fault. But you're asking somebody that's not a pure number one goalie to carry a hockey team with bad defensemen. You know what I mean? Like, yep. if Spencer Martin was on a good team, you put him on the Bruins, Babano, fine. No problem. The guy's a shooting gallery, so I don't blame him. What the hell do you want him to do? But Demko's good enough to sort of, you know, make up for some of the defensive woes. I'm telling you, bro, I see every one of their games. Dude, they've got defensemen that are like six foot seven. I swear to God, you've never seen people so soft in your life a battle. They don't hit anybody this team. Like, they're very skilled offensively. That's why you're smart. Bet the overs. And I tell you what, every one of their games goes over one and a half in the first period, too, bro. It's like money in the bank. Yeah, it's been incredible. It's like clockwork, full game overs, first period overs with Vancouver. And I think you might be talking about maybe one Tyler Myers. I know I've had issues with him in the past with lack of physicality for a guy oh, of his man. size. The giraffe he doesn't hit anybody. Yeah. He doesn't hit anybody, even though he's like nearly seven feet tall. He is yeah. seven feet tall on skates. Yep. Yeah, and that's the issue. And Oliver Lawson Tossum's a bad contract and his play is declined. That's the that's one thing when Jim Benning signed OEL. Ekman Larson, he didn't yeah, expect He's this another time. soft one, Babano. He's soft, soft. Really bad. And that's why he was healthy scratch the other night. And uh, now apparently the there's riffraff. Not only are they soft. Management because Boudreaux scratched him and management saying, hey, we're paying this guy. He's got to play. So Yeah, yeah, well, they so can't have it both ways. They want to yeah. like, get Boudreaux on the hot seat, then let him pick who he wants to be on the ice because we all know yeah. he's soft. I swear to you, watch, watch the Canuck defense, Babano. They never smoke someone in the corner. And also – 
Like not once ever is there never just a nice, clean outlet pass. You know what I mean? There's never just a crisp boom, hitting someone in stride at center ice. It's always like blocked. Like it's always an adventure to get it out of the zone. zone. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's never, you know, today I'm watching. It's like they flick the puck over into their bench like four times. It's like, guys, can you just get one clean pass to a forward? So like the Canuck forwards have to fight to get the puck all the time. And it's hard. Like they're never getting a pass in stride. It's the defenseman. And that's not Bruce Bojo. Bruce Bojo does not decide who's on the freaking team. Right? That's, right. that's the that's management. And for whatever reason, I don't know, they went soft, right? They've got all these soft sort of skilled guys, which is a problem. You can have soft skilled guys up front, but you better have a couple of tough guys on your team. And they really don't. Right. You know, Jay, I'm not saying they're, you know, Brock Besser's like not tough, but they don't have that grit. They're lacking leadership. It just is what it is, but Beto. But hey, they're a great team to bet the over on, as you stated. Like they really are. <laughs> They are. That's been uh, automatic for me for for all, pretty much all season, but especially lately. I mean, they had a little lull there where they were starting to play a little bit better, and Martin was in a groove and net for a bit. But now they've just gone back that, to that over, over, like over, over every single game. <laughs> yeah, they are who they are. They're never. They're not as bad as people say they are. Right. That's the whole thing. Yeah. They're not as bad as people like the perception is. People in Vancouver are just nuts, and. They're they're blaming the wrong person. I understand the frustration with the ownership group. That's the thing. They don't like the owner, but nobody ever sees the owner. He's like an absentee owner, right? And it's funny because most times people say, oh, the owner's too involved. This guy's not involved at all. Like, you wonder, like, where he is even, right? Yeah, Aquilini. Yeah, yeah Aquilini. I don't know. Like, and plus, he had some um, – he's getting divorced, Babano, and there's a lot of stuff that's come out. Like, basically, he hasn't paid for his children's university tuition despite being a billionaire. So people don't like him. They're like, not only is he spend money, not spending money on players, he like won't even spend money on his own family. Yeah. And it's not alleged, like his wife had to go to court to try to force him to pay tuition, which is a pretty bad look, bro, when you own like a bunch of sports franchises and arenas and stuff. All right, uh, more, let's get, I want to get into the Martin Luther King games with yeah. the battle on the other side. This is Portrait, bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sports I am Gable Branson, kicking it on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius XM Channel 159, Shenandoah AM Radio Affiliates, including 97.1 The Freak in Dallas, Fort Worth, Cowboys, and Buccaneers. Uh, Babano, just in it for people that are just joining us uh, right now, once again, recap, uh, what are your thoughts on the Monday night or what are you doing with the game? Uh, some folks in Fort Worth there may not be too happy with me, but uh, <laughs> I like Tampa Bay uh, in uh, this game against uh, Dallas. Look, I just find that uh, I think okay, like... a lot of people there do too. They're very scared. <laughs> yeah, they're very scared, and I think they should be scared. I mean, uh, Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys. We know uh, the playoff record and first playoff games for Brady over the years has been good. What scares me for Dallas too is their defense is trending down, their offense trended down late in the season, and Brady and the Bucks offense finally lit it up and got going in care against Carolina. Carolina, the game they had to have. 
you know, if those trajectories continue both sides, I think the Cowboys are going to be in tough here. So I like the Bucks, like their team total over, and I like the full game to go over because I do think Dallas will move the ball a little bit themselves. All right, so it's Martin Luther King uh, Day. Happy Martin Luther King uh, Day for the great uh, Martin Luther King. And it also means there's a full slate of action across the board in the afternoon, both on the ice and the hardwood. And we've got the Monday nighter. We've got a big Monday, literally and figuratively, Babano. Big Monday coming up. Oh, we sure do. We got mostly daytime NHL and NBA, although I think all the NBA except for one or two games is during the day. At least there's a few NHL games at night. So it is a busy and loaded Martin Luther King Day. Um, Yeah, I'll throw out a couple of uh, NHL games to start that I'm, I'll be looking at. I think Philadelphia is worth a look, believe it or not, in Boston in the very early game on Monday afternoon. The Bruins off the win against Toronto. Philly playing some really sneaky good hockey under the radar beating the Washington Capitals, not just once, but twice in a row. You know, it's one thing for Philly to beat Washington at home, but then in the very next game, the same two teams playing, you'd think the Capitals would play a lot better, and they went into Washington and they beat Washington again. Yeah. I mean, Philly's playing some really good hockey right now. They're 7-1 in their last yeah. eight hockey games. They're, they, they, they played Boston tough, if I'm not mistaken, as well, earlier this season when these teams played uh, head-to-head. And, of course, you know, the Bruins, they found a way against Toronto. But, you know, the Boston Bruins aren't going to go, you know, 32-4-4 four and four like they did in their first 40 games the rest of the way. There's going to be some losses. It's not a bad price at all. Uh, a Philly split for me in the first period in the full game, you know, north of plus 200. I, I think that's worth a look here. I think the Flyers might be able to pull a shocker early in the day. I mean, they're playing good defense. Hart's in, been in good form. They're suddenly scoring more goals than they have at any point this season. Like their offense during this stretch has been quite good. They're f- filling the back of the net finally. Multiple key uh, forwards up front are f- uh, contributing for them. So the Flyers couldn't be playing the Bruins at a better time because they're playing with the kind of quality right now that gives them a puncher's chance to, against a team like the Bruins. The Buffalo Bills survived uh, today. The Buffalo Sabres are in action tomorrow afternoon. They were playing some really good hockey as well. They have lost three of their four last games, uh, Babano. But speaking of overs and putting the puck in the net, both Florida and Buffalo have been strong over bets this year. The Panthers 22-17 and 17 to the over. The Buffalo Sabres 23-16 and 16 to the high side. Yeah, five straight head-to-head meetings as well. Panthers and Sabres have had at least seven total goals. The problem is this total is seven, and there's actually, for the first time, odds makers are not shying away from moving a game higher than the usual high threshold of six and a half, you know, as we actually see seven here with this game, but certainly wouldn't be interested in an under, you know, and if it lands on seven, you'll push. I mean, we have seen five straight head-to-head meetings get to seven goals. I certainly don't trust Florida to keep the puck out of the net. They have had issues with that. More than anything, I like the Buffalo side here. Florida on the road's been a nightmare. I mean, they did beat Colorado on the road this week, 5-4, but they had a 3-0 lead. They nearly blew it. You look at every other recent road game they've played, it's been ugly. Lose to Dallas, blown out by Boston. Uh, they've had some real bad result. Islanders, they've not beaten a lot of good uh, average to above-average teams on the road. And Buffalo, you know, coming off a win against Nashville, Bills get a big victory, uh, obviously, uh, on Sunday afternoon. It's a nice uh, atmosphere and environment now in Buffalo. I think they rally around that, and I think they have a chance to win that game against the Panthers. I just don't trust Florida's road favorites right now. Babano, a smoking hot team, the Seattle Kraken. It's an unbelievable road trip, huh? Uh, just and what would they they score like on their six first shots the other night against Chicago as well? Like, but so if you look at you look at Seattle, they go into Edmonton, they beat Edmonton 5-1, all right? And then they fly cross-country uh, from Canada, from Edmonton, Alberta, to Toronto, Ontario, and they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-1. That was like on a Saturday. Then they roll into Ottawa two nights later, and they beat the Ottawa Senators 8-4. Then they roll into Montreal, they beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-0. Then they get the Buffalo Sabres um, in Buffalo. They beat them 4-3. Then they go in and they take on the best team in the National Hockey League in their building, and they beat the Boston Bruins 3-0. Then they follow that up by beating down the Chicago Blackhawks 8-5 in a game that wasn't really as close as the final score would indicate eight straight wins for the Kraken. A lot of times people, and I've been one of these people, but you know it's not automatic. But when teams have the successful road trip, they'll lose the first game back home. But it's hard to get in front of this team right now that's that's played as well as they have. There's been no let-ups. There's been no letdowns. 
And now you're getting a team that's on an eight-game win streak at home as an underdog at plus 106 against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I I, I actually agree with 100% and 100% of what you said after that because I agree. I almost always, especially after a perfect road trip, and they come back home, especially when it's a West Coast team that's been out east like Seattle, I'll always fade them that first game thinking, oh, they got distractions, they're back home, they got to pay attention to bills and family and all that. They've been away for a long, and it's been a long road trip for Seattle. So this is not a great spot for Seattle. I get it. But boy, they return home, they're on a roll, there's no bad spot has tripped them up. I thought Chicago might be a bad spot for them on Saturday after beating Boston, and they beat down Chicago in that game. So I do worry about the you know, coming home thing, but you're playing the defending champs. You're rolling, and you got the champs coming in. So I think you are fired up. You are motivated. You're up for this game. You're ready to go. And you don't want Seattle. the eight game lose. You don't want the eight game streak yeah. to come to an end with a loss. You want to keep this thing going. So this is normally a spot where nine times out of ten, I'm taking Tampa Bay in this spot. This is that one time out of ten though that I would probably look at Seattle. I mean they're they're rolling. They've got the champs coming in. I think that gets them their heads right where it needs to be for a game like this. And let's be honest, they're putting the puck in the net. It's everyone up and down the lineup. First liners are scoring. Beneers, Eberle, Bjorkstrand, uh, Wenberg, they're all chipping in offensively right now uh, for this team. The goaltending from Jones and Grubauer, particularly Jones of late, has been solid. Defending, they've been good. Uh, and look, Tampa Bay's coming in. You know, that should excite them. And they're a team that's on a roll. Uh, I, I, this is one of those times where I would not do the blind Fade the team off a perfect road trip back home. Dallas Stars are in Sin City. Stars versus the Vegas Knights. You know, Babano, we thought that the Stars would be a defensive-minded team, you know, with, with the goaltending that they have and the style of hockey that they play. But they were playing quite a lot of overs earlier in the year. But you notice the correlation. They win games when the game goes under the number. They're 6-3-1 in their last 10, and they're 7-2-1 to the under in their last 10 they get the Vegas Golden Knights. What are your thoughts on this game? Vegas has been playing pretty good hockey as well recently. They are. They're coming off a loss against uh, Edmonton uh, on Saturday night. So they'll be looking to bounce back. Dallas, of course, also lost on Saturday. They nearly came back to beat Calgary, but they fell behind big and they rallied but fell short uh, in that game. I think Vegas at home is the side I'd look at, honestly. I mean, Vegas is now healthier. Eichel's back. Marsh is so uh, is also back. You know, there's still a couple of guys short on the blue line. There's still a, a, injuries to Theodore and uh, White Cloud, but at least they got Alec Martinez back uh, recently, the Golden Knights. I think on home ice here, I'd look to the Golden Knights minus 125. And we got a lot of hockey games on Monday. The Calgary Flames are at Nashville. Calgary Flames minus 138. The Predators plus 115. The total is six. We mentioned the Ottawa Senators earlier. The Senators are in St. Louis. Sends minus 108. The Blues minus 111. Total six and a half in that game. We got a five and a half on the board for the Caps and the Islanders. Uh, Babano. Pittsburgh Penguins have been struggling as of late, but they're still minus 345 favorites over the visiting Anaheim Ducks. And the Rangers coming off the loss to the Montreal Canadiens are in Columbus, laying minus 205 with a total of six and a half. Yeah, Rangers in Columbus. Uh, Shesterkin was in net against Montreal. Probably see Halak against Columbus. Columbus a bit of an over team. Wouldn't shock me to see the Rangers score goals. Wouldn't shock me to see Columbus actually find the back of the net a few times. So I might look at the over in that game. Anaheim-Pittsburgh. I am laying a, buck, a 340 with Pittsburgh right now. But Anaheim, can you really bet them with what we've seen out of the Ducks? I don't think so. Uh, so that's a pass. That's a stay away. I think Washington's in a good bounce back spot. Like to lose two in a row to Philly ain't going to be something. I still think they're a little better than the Islanders too. I know the Islanders had a win to snap a skid against Montreal. But I don't know how much stock you want to put into that. Uh, Washington maybe something I look at as well. Ottawa-St. Louis, I'd probably look over in that game. Uh, Ottawa off a true embarrassment. I think the Sens might be worth a look, actually. St. Louis is really in a situation right now where they are ravaged with injuries. O'Reilly, Tarasenko, multiple blue liners. Ottawa got embarrassed by Colorado, 7-0 on Saturday. I think Ottawa might actually win that game, and it's probably a high-scoring game, probably goes over. And I think Calgary's starting to get on a run. I don't know if I want to lay a buck 45 on the road against, you know, a plucky Nashville team, though. So uh, I lean flames in that game, though. Ian Cameron with us before we get him out of here. Some early NBA action. The Charlotte Hornets host the Boston Celtics. Celtics laying eight and a half points, total 231 and a half. Toronto Raptors are at uh, MSG. Uh, Babano getting three points against the Knicks. Golden State Warriors are in D.C. They're also laying three. That's at 310 uh, Eastern time. 
interesting game with the Pelicans and the Cavaliers. The Cavs lay six and a half. That's also at 310 uh, Eastern time tomorrow. But, Banna, we got the Heat and the Hawks. Like we said, man, we're going to have a full day of sports tomorrow. Basketball, hockey, there's college basketball. And, of course, the wild card concludes with the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be a busy and loaded MLK day. Uh, As far as a couple uh, NBA looks are concerned, like I know Boston's better than Charlotte, and I know Milwaukee's better than Indiana. I'd be actually looking at the underdogs in both games. I mean, I think these bigger favorites, especially these early start games over the years, they've not always been automatic. Uh, Charlotte obviously has uh, had a tough run, but Boston long-term this year laying eight points or more. They've been a hit-or-miss proposition, and this is most assuredly a flat spot. They've had some bigger games, bigger opponents. Now you're going to Charlotte. You know, the Hornets might be able to hang in there against uh, Boston. Total might get over, too. You've got two teams that can capability of light it up. Charlotte, not necessarily very good defensively either. And Indiana-Milwaukee, look, Indiana, I think, is going to cool off at some point. They've definitely overachieved to a certain extent, 23-21. and 21. They have a winning point spread record, 11-9 against the spread. And Milwaukee's one of those teams where they've not exactly always brought full focus when they've been bigger favorites and expected to win. So, I might look at the Pacers side there, double digits. It'll be interesting to see how the Pacers battle through the loss of Tyrese Halliburton uh, right now. You figure eventually he's going to catch up to them, but they have been covering numbers. They have covered seven of their last 10 games. Ian Cameron, AK Babano, great stuff. Uh, Babano, we'll catch up with you on uh, Wednesday night. We'll break down the divisional round uh, playoffs as it's getting real. The quest to the Super Bowl continues i can't believe how quickly this um this season's gone by babano here we are man there's only a couple of weeks left what there's three more games left after this three more weeks of football that's right division round conference championships and then the super bowl i mean another football season is just about over although it's not over for us gabe football season xfl usfl and then right into cfl so really we got football year round as far as i'm concerned no no you're right and um the XFL starts on February the 20th, the week after the Super Bowl, yeah. right? I think it's February the 20th or the 18th. And USFL 19th, starts in April, you know, yeah. just when yeah. the XFL starts in the playoffs. So there's a little, like, just it rolls right over and then CFL. So you basically got football year-round if you care about the minor spring leagues. And we do. <laughs> hey, always good, Babano. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. We'll see you on Wednesday night. All right, great stuff, Keith. Thanks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. What do they say? It's a, uh, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. That's how this really feels. Wow. We're not done. We got Monday Night Football. Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Logic dictates, right? Like if I was, um, 
if I was Spock, <laughs> logically, if they say, Spock, who do you like in the Monday Nighter? Well, I'd say, well, logically, Tom Brady is 7-0 against the Dallas Cowboys. We just saw the Chargers walk right into the trap that we all thought that they would. Right? We're like, all right, the Chargers are going to find a way to lose this game. Like, they're just, they're just going to find a way. And lo and behold, they found a way. The Dallas Cowboys have that same sort of feel, right? Except it's, you know, you're not taking on Trevor Lawrence. Now you're taking on Tom Brady. I've already told people I like the Dallas Cowboys enough times that I can't back out now, baby. I think the Cowboys run the football. And to me, Kellen Moore is like the, you know, the biggest component of this football game. I mean, Kellen Moore holds the keys to this car. Do not put too much pressure on Dak Prescott early. Establish the run. Get a lead. And just harass the hell out of Tom Brady. And Tom Brady doesn't like getting hit either. So I would light him up a couple of times. Like, even if I got a penalty, I wouldn't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, no bounty or anything like that. But basically, he doesn't like getting hit. So... Smoke him a couple of times. Let him know you're there. Michael Parsons and the defensive line have to step up tomorrow. All right, we got overnight tennis. Speaking of the marathon, wow. There's like a million matches going on, Matthias. What do you got for us? For the record, too, I lost the in-game total of the 42. Nadal did his little thing where he loses one, then he went on a tear after. But um, we've got Sipidus now alive against uh, Halis. I know, uh, listen, it's up to minus 700 right now. You got any uh, quick, got a quick sock, uh, quick uh, tennis pick for us? Yeah, Gabe, I'm going to lay down with Lloyd Harris, plus 225, the South African, over Musetti. They haven't played on hardcore. I'm rolling with the South African. They're going to dog. Let's go. Pompasil and uh, Ali Asim are playing right now. Give me Ali Asim, minus 200. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.